Welcome back to Slow County Public Policy and the Law, folks. Only at KNews FM 98.5. We're having a good discussion here with Emily Elliott and Ron Eucleson about employee rights and the dangers for employers who don't keep up with the evolution of the law. And we're, we're also talking about it in the uh, context of hospitals and the medical profession. Um, now, Emily, before the break, you were saying there were some exceptions to um, the rules uh, of when somebody is classified as an employee instead of as a private contractor. That is correct. So, And I think we can hopefully expect to see some more exceptions as time goes on because I think people are realizing that some of these uh, uh, professions that we have don't really neatly fit into these categories. So um, right as of uh, when AB5 came out, um, there were seven different kind of categories of workers that were cons- uh, likely to be considered exempt. And again, you have to meet some specifications in order to be exempt. So, you know, I wouldn't, I would, I would seek advice before you assume that, you know, you're part of one of these categories. So um, there are some, for the first one is some specific identified occupations. So for example, like me as a lawyer, I can work as an independent contractor. I'm in one of the exceptions. There are also exceptions for insurance agents, private investigators, accountants, direct salespeople, commercial fishermen, for one. Um, And then there are also, um, number two would be certain professional service workers. So this includes, um, but is not limited to, human resources, marketing, graphic design, photographers, barbers, cosmetologists. Um, But there are also a number of requirements. That that begs the question. If somebody like Ron is working as a human uh, relations person at the company, uh, he can be classified as a independent contractor even though he's there you know 10 hours a day working well at, at nakasha then nakasha uh, carmel uh, nakasha yeah he i mean he could but then okay there's a caveat so okay for those people they have to also meet six additional conditions so those would be they have to maintain a separate business location which ron does not um, for example, they have to have a, a, a business license for any project that will exceed six months. They've got to negotiate their own rates, set their own hours. They have to be engaged in an independently established business of the same work. So that's similar to one of those prongs mm-hmm. in the three-part test. Um, they have to exercise discretion and independent judgment for the services being performed. So those are the six requirements for those people that I just read off. Um, then there's also um, number the number three of the seven would be real estate licensees. So um, for this exception to apply, the person has to be licensed under the California Business and Professions Code to conduct and participate in real estate transactions. Is that uh, as an agent or as a broker or both? Uh, you know, I'm I'm not quite. I'd have to look into that a little bit more. Okay, I haven't dealt with that one specifically in my practice. Um, business to business relationships would be number four. So um, this would be a service provider that establishes a contractual relationship with their client. Um, But then again, there's a whole bunch of other requirements in order for that to be that to apply and exempt you from AB5. So you have to be not controlled by the client. You got to provide services directly to the client, have a written services contract. You're required to have a business license or tax registration, have to have a business location that is separate from the client's business location. So a lot of people aren't going to aren't going to meet these requirements. You got to be engaged in an independently established business of the same work. So we keep seeing that one. So that's pretty important. 
You have to have contracts with other businesses to provide the same or similar services. You have to advertise and offer those services to the public, have your own tools, negotiate your own rates, set your own hours. So again, this is like you, you can't be controlled in any way. So in a lot of the pushback on AB5 was from uh, Lyft and Uber, yes. for instance. And uh, I can see where some of those things might apply to, say, a Uber driver. But a lot of the other ones, uh, they'd fall out of that exception, wouldn't they? Like setting your own rates? I mean, it's exactly. my understanding mm-hmm. that they can't set their own rates. So, yeah. mm-hmm. yep. And then, uh, so contractors and subcontractors and construction are one of the um, one of the exceptions. Well, now, one of the uh, um, other exceptions, and maybe this applies to hospitals, is if you have, uh, uh, you know, Ron, you've been involved in physician recruitment, for instance. Um the, certainly if you've got a doctor who just comes and has uh, does their rounds with their own patients, uh, they would be a private contractor. But if somebody's uh, working in the ER uh, at the hospital or they're, they're always on call at the hospital, uh, how are they treated under these Well, interesting, these you, interesting you ask that question. Um, California is one of five states in the union that has what's called the Corporate Practice of Medicine Act. Um, where it is illegal for a hospital to employ a physician. So when you see an oh, emergency room, when you see an emergency room doctor, when you see an anesthesiologist, mm-hmm. we're actually, the hospital's actually contracting with that particular group to provide those services. There, and the only exceptions are emergency room, anesthesia, radiology. Otherwise you have, and you can have those as exclusive services in a hospital. Otherwise you have to open up that service to any physician who wants to perform that service. So California just happens to be one of those exception states with the Corporate Practice of Medicine Act, um, where many people think that, uh, you know, Kaiser doctors are Kaiser doctors. They actually are members of the Permanente Medical Group, not Kaiser, which is where you get Kaiser Permanente. Wow. Mm. So so California is, is unique in that with Texas and I believe Idaho, um, Connecticut, um, they, are, they are unique in that you can't employ a physician. You can employ a physician to be your medical director because that's what they're doing full they, time. They might understand Chief medicine. medical officer or something like that. Uh, you can, you know, again hire an attorney to do the same. Um, but, uh-huh. uh, you know, as far as physicians go in California, it's illegal to employ a physician in California by a hospital. But I see a hand going up. What about hospitalists, Ron? Hospitalists, again, are, that's another, well, that's kind of, yeah, a more recent one. Hospitalists are, in fact, contracted through a group and are not employees of the hospital. Now, for our listeners, what the heck is a hospitalist? <laughs> Well, I thought a hospitalist was employed by the hospital, but I just learned that that's not accurate. A hospitalist is, so in San Luis Obispo County, I'll back into it. In San Luis Obispo County, I only know of one, maybe two physicians. If they're your primary care doctor, they will actually come and see you in the hospital. Yes. Most physicians do not want to come into the hospital. They make their money in their office. And so travel time and rounding in the hospital are just no longer part of their business model. So a hospitalist Mm. is employed by a medical group contracted with a hospital to provide inpatient internal medicine care. They're the ones who do the rounds. They're the ones that do the rounds. They're the ones that do the primary care. Um, Of course, specialists still do their own rounds, or many, Mm -hmm. in most cases, they do their own rounds, at the exception of Sierra Vista, where they actually have an OB 
hospitalist group, um, which is unique um, in this county. But um, in by, by and large, um, physicians are not employed except in an administrative position are not employed, not legally employed by a hospital in California. Well, I think, listeners, we've all just learned a whole lot about hospitals that uh, I know I didn't know um, because I guess I'm, uh, well, I, I come from a generation when your doctor would come and see you in the hospital. Well, so. I come from, I'd say, I, I've worked in healthcare since yeah. um, physicians came to your front door, but pizza didn't. that's right that's right now have there been other changes emily uh in the standards that apply to hospitals for instance uh you know um and ron you will know about this too Uh, there's standards for how much nursing staff should be on uh how many folks should be employed in uh uh, you know, making sure there's prescription medicines and uh, probably even um, making sure the place is kept clean. Ron can probably speak to that better than I can. I mean, I the, the only thing that came to mind was that I think all those standards went out the window during the pandemic where... Um, they weren't supposed to. <laughs> they weren't supposed to. Yeah. So California actually is the only state with mandated nursing ratios. Um, really? Yes. Um, and so nurses may not have more than six patients on a medical surgical floor. Nurses may not have more than four in what they call a step-down unit, um, more than four patients, so four-to-one ratio. What's a step-down unit? Step-down unit is one where you're being monitored, but you're not in intensive care. Okay. But you need a higher level of care than you would whether you're just on a general medical surgical floor. Okay. Um, and then in the intensive care unit, there is a state-mandated ratio of no more than two patients per nurse. And are there are there issues that are coming up these days in that area? Um, as far as uh, meeting those standards in San Luis Obispo County, for instance, or Santa Barbara County? Um, you know, it's very difficult. I don't, want to, don't find, want to put you on the spot. Well, I've not actually been a hospital administrator for the last six years, so I don't have a dog in this fight, uh, just some knowledge. And, um, you know, of course, as in any profession um, where you're bringing in highly educated, highly trained people, um, it's difficult to find employees. All right. Well, we're coming up on a hard break again, folks. So be sure and stay tuned after these important ads. We're going to talk more with Emily Elliott and Ron Yukelson about hospital standards and employment law. Mm-hmm. 